Welcome to Body Peace Collective. If you are feeling tired and worn down from the constant pressure to shrink, grow, tone, manipulate, or alter your body in any way, then I am so glad you are here. I'm Erin Palmer. I'm an exercise scientist, fitness instructor, mother, and a total sucker for good food. And I created Body Peace Collective to be a place for you to come and gain perspective and learn powerful tools to help you establish a healthy, respectful relationship with your body so that you can put your valuable energy into things that truly matter. You don't have to waste a single minute more trying to make your body be what you think everyone else wants it to be. You can get started on your journey to body peace right now. Hello, hello, you guys. I've missed you. Today is episode 13, and we're going to take a dive into social media. Is it good? Is it bad? If I choose to use it, how can I make it be something that adds to my life instead of takes away? It's no secret that social media is being blamed and is partly responsible for a lot of the body image issues that we have um, as women. But I think that it's a little bit more complicated than that. And so today I... I just want to kind of really dissect social media. What what is the purpose of social media? What does it mean to you? What are you using it for? And also to talk a little bit about my relationship, my roller coaster relationship with social media. And then we're going to outline a couple of concrete steps that you can start doing today right now to improve your relationship with social media. And I really feel strongly that if if you choose to take some of these steps and to do some of these things, that you will see a change in how you view yourself and your body and your life. Um, so spoiler alert, I don't think social media is of the devil. If you disagree with me, that's okay. I still think that there are some things that you can glean from this podcast. Um, but anyway, let's get started. So First off, I have to confess that I am really, really, really lucky to have a close a close group of mom friends who never make me feel like I need to look more toned or tan or put together or have longer eyelashes or blonder hair or any of those things. I never feel like my house needs to be cleaner or nicer or bigger or my kids need to be dressed better. Like I, I recognize that that's a really, really unique position to be in for a lot of women, but I hope you can find those women for you because I didn't realize how those relationships had established my quote unquote normal. I didn't realize how much those relationships affected that until I went to a really fancy wedding and I all of a sudden felt incredibly uncomfortable. Um, I It was so weird to me because because of the circle of friends, these people that I associate with often, like I said, I don't ever feel the need to show up looking super put together or to have it all together. I It's okay for my kids to, to be kids, right? And I know that they're not going to be judging me for that. It's just a safe place. Well, I went to this wedding and it was beautiful. It was so fancy. It was a little bit out of my comfort zone. And for the first time in years, I was in a place where I felt like I didn't measure up. Or I didn't know the social rules. For example, everyone there had this fancy like clutch purse. And apparently our dresses were are, were supposed to go all the way to the floor. Everyone had a spray tan. I didn't. I didn't have the clutch or the spray tan. My dress did not go to the floor. And so I felt really out of place. But what's interesting is that we do this to ourselves with social media 
all the time. We submerge ourselves into this perfect looking world. And the whole time we're there, our brain is subconsciously thinking, do I belong here? Is that what I'm supposed to look like and be like and live like? Is that what my house is supposed to look like? Essentially, we become uncomfortable living our very own life, which is crazy because if we can't feel at home in our own life, where else is there for us to go? So all all through my life, social media, I remember my my good friend Jamie, shout out Jamie Tiao, um, (laughs) she introduced me to Facebook when it was my sophomore year of college. That was the first time I'd ever got into social media. I never did MySpace or anything like that. Um, but I, I used it for a little while and then just kind of decided this is not my thing. And then about seven or eight years ago, I started a personal account um, where I would share a lot of my thoughts and feelings about our bodies and intuitive eating and our relationships and connections as women. But I I, and I started doing that because I really felt like that was something that had really changed my life and improved my life. And I sincerely felt the desire to share it and to spread it. The problem was, was that I constantly struggled with the idea that while the, this app, this Instagram was an incredible platform for sharing new ideas, it was also a potent source of body insecurity and harmful diet culture for so many of the women that I worked with and cared about. So it was like this double-edged sword because I just couldn't make peace with the idea of promoting ideas on a platform that I wasn't sure women should be using. So I deleted my account and I had been living social media free until about, I don't know, I think it'll be almost a year. Um, and so, I mean, to answer your question, is it possible to live without social media? Yes, definitely. But one day I realized I really wanted to have a voice in that space. I I saw what other people were doing, like my sisters or my friends would um, show me articles or posts of people that were posting really awesome things and, and they would lead to incredible conversations within our groups and within our just, you know, play, play, play time at the park, that kind of thing. And so I really felt like, you know what, I want to be a part of that. Like I, I want, I want to participate in those online conversations. Um, so Ultimately, here's where I've decided to fall. I don't think that zero social media is necessarily the answer for me. Um, It can be an incredible tool in so many ways. But I also think that we need to be really honest with ourselves and recognize that social media is not the same thing as a tool. For a long time, I just thought social media is like a hammer, right? You You can only do with it what you make it do. Like a hammer can't move unless you pick it up and start hammering. So you are the one in charge, right? However, I realized that social media is a little bit more complex than that because it is a tool, but it's a tool that takes on its own kind of life form after a while. Um, If you've seen The Social Dilemma, it's a documentary on Netflix. It talks about how social media was created and how it is run. And I'm not going to lie, it's a little bit unnerving. Um, because it is programmed to understand and to capitalize off of human psychology. It, it literally does read you. It keeps track of what you click on and what you look at for longer than two seconds. And it learns from everything you do. And then it uses that to influence and interact with you. 
So even knowing that, are you still the boss? Yes, you are. You still have the ability to control how you use that app. But it's not that simple. And so that's why social media can be harmful. It's it's no secret that social media can be damaging to our mental health and play a huge role in how we see and feel about our bodies. We could go over so many studies that show how social media plays a role in depression and anxiety, disordered eating, body dysmorphia, etc. And even, I mean, that's not even including just like the comparison traps that we get stuck in, right? As we see these quote unquote perfect lives that other people are leading. Um, but, but those studies are actually not what I want to focus on here because I'm sure that you've all had at least one day in your life where you personally felt the negative effects of social media. So I don't need to waste any time convincing you that social media can be damaging. But I also think that social media can be a beautiful thing. In fact, social opinions about social media vary quite greatly. And I think that that is in huge part because of how people choose to use it. So a while ago, I asked people why they use social media at all. I, I couldn't understand why they would want to take part in this little community of squares. And I heard so many different answers. So one is to stay connected. They wanted to stay connected with friends and family who were far away, and they wanted to be able to see like the little simple things that were happening in their lives. Others said that they used it to create a journal. There was something that was kind of like a visual record of their life. Um, for other people, they said it's their opportunity to get creative or to share their voice. Some people use it to find recipes or outfit ideas or home decorating tips. Um, I love it for parenting. There's so many good parenting accounts on there, and heaven knows I need that. Um, other people do it to hear different perspectives from people that might be outside of their traditional way of thinking. So there are so many beautiful things. Like all of a sudden, the big wide world is brought to us and we have the opportunity to learn and to experience so many things that we wouldn't otherwise have access to. But at the same time, social media can make us feel jealous and not enough right? It can make us want things that we don't actually need. It can stifle our own creativity because of our natural human need to fit in and to look like everybody else, right? It can give us unrealistic and unattainable beauty ideals that seem like they are part of the average everyday human. It also can force us to live our life outside of our own life. In fact, that's what I think can be most dangerous about social media if we're not careful, is that we start living our life from, out, from the outside, meaning we start making choices according to what would look best in a post versus what we really love. We miss out on experiencing experiences because instead of being present and soaking in the beauty and humanness of a situation, we are removing ourselves from the situation and we're observing it from an outside perspective, like how will this look to others? So we become a spectator instead of a participator in our own life experiences. Isn't that crazy to think that we can spend a month on earth and only experience a fraction of it firsthand and directly if we're spending time analyzing how to manipulate it and create the appearance of the experience for other people to enjoy? Okay, so what can we do? First and foremost, 
Step one, we need to decide and get really, really clear about the role that we want social media to play in our life. Is it truly about staying connected with people that you care about? Then only follow and interact with people that you know and love in real life. Is it about getting recipe ideas or homeschool ideas? Is it a visual journal? Then why are you following anyone else? Get intentional about why you use social media, but also get intentional about each person that you follow on social media. Then curate your feed to support you in the role that you want social media to play. It's okay to have multiple reasons why you are using social media. I think that's actually awesome. But just be clear and honest and intentional about it with yourself. So for example, for me, I love getting meal ideas from social media. I love getting parenting tips and hacks and ideas from social media. I also really like following people who um, are in the body image improvement space, right? And the intuitive eating space because I learn so much from them. And I appreciate also the conversations and perspectives that occur in their comments section because it brings out things that I don't always think of. I also love following people that are different than me. I've, I realized actually during this spring, um, during when Black Lives Matter was, was really starting to become something that everyone was talking about. And I realized, you know what? I didn't follow hardly any people of color. And I needed to change that. I also realized that even being someone who believes so strongly that all bodies are good bodies, most of the people that I followed had bodies similar to mine. And so that was something that I decided I needed to change. And so um, I got intentional about that and found some really, really incredible accounts that I love. So I think the key is is deciding first and foremost, like I said, deciding and getting really clear about what does social media mean to you? What role do you want it to play in your life? And then make sure that everyone you follow and all of their accounts measure measure up to that litmus test, right? That they match up to social media's purpose, the purpose that you have decided. Step number two is I think it's so important for us to understand that social media is curated every time. And I'm not saying that that is bad, it's neutral, but it can become good or bad depending on how you interpret that information, which is entirely in your control. So I think it's important to realize that someone is always, the minute that you open up that app, someone is trying to sell you something, either an idea, or an actual thing, or a course, or a way of thinking. And that's not bad, right? It might be something very overt, like a sweater that they get kickbacks for selling you, or it might be an idea that they have, right? That's what I do, right? I'm here trying to sell you the idea that you are more than your body. I'm, I'm trying to sell you the idea that dieting doesn't work and it's been proved by science again and again. I'm trying to sell you the idea that your life can be full of meaning if you will learn how to make peace with yourself. 
right? Other people might be selling you the idea that they have a good marriage and that's not wrong. Maybe they really do, right? But that's their intention when they post a picture snuggling with their husband and write about how much they love them. Like I said, it's not a bad thing, but you just have to know that what you see is not the complete story, right? Even I think people that like to focus on the good and produce um, the happy and the funny and the positive things in their lives. I think that's beautiful. I love following people who are optimistic and happy and kind, but I also look at their feeds and I know, even if they never show it, I know that they're a normal human. I know they have bad days. I know that they have fights with their husbands and that they lose their patience with their kids. I know that they have other challenges and experiences that they're going through that they might not feel ready to show. And that's okay. They don't have to show that. But we have to learn to be consumers that understand that what we're seeing is always curated. It's always there with an intention. Okay. So you just have to go, you just have to know that going in so that you don't find yourself comparing yourself to these photos that have been edited and manipulated to impress you. I, I honestly believe that most people have good intentions, but sometimes pseudo-vulnerability, it's what I like to call it, is the most dangerous vulnerability of all. So for example, um, I saw this one post a long time ago, and this influencer was saying, she was talking about something, and then she just said, excuse my filthy house. And her screen, I mean, literally in her beautiful living room, there were maybe two or three things on the floor and some books on her couch. And I remember thinking, oh, girl, that is not a filthy house. If I could turn my camera on right now and show you what a filthy house looks like, you would see that I have dishes in the sink from last night, that I still haven't cleared breakfast from the table. My kids have three different outfits they've tried on that have all somehow ended up in the living room, right? My laundry is clean, but it's in a heap on my bed, right? Like that's, that would be vulnerability, right? Pseudo vulnerability. And I think we have to be really, really careful not to do this, but pseudo vulnerability is when we say we're being vulnerable, but we still have actually curated or edited or fixed or altered the view or the vision that we're trying to give. So Just understand, like I said, just understand that what you see isn't always, it's, it's not, it's not the whole picture and, and understand that and use that filter to experience social media. Okay. Step three, get honest about your weak spots and set boundaries and rules for yourself and then respect yourself enough to keep your rules. So I'm actually going to share some of my rules with you, some of my own personal social media rules. You can take them or leave them, um, only use them if they serve you, but also know that I am not perfect at keeping my own rules, but when I am keeping them, social media is something that adds to my life instead of taking from it. And I can always feel when I stop keeping these rules that I start to get off balance and social media starts affecting me and taking more control of my brain power and my life than I want it to. So that's okay if that happens to you. Just reevaluate and recommit. 
So here are my rules. Here are the boundaries that I've set for myself. Number one, I never open up my social media and I try not to even open up my phone until I have done my non-negotiables for the day. And my non-negotiables are the things that need to happen every day in order for me to feel, feel centered and balanced. For me, that's my personal connection with God. So through either studying um, words of scripture and praying, um, taking time to kind of meditate and connect and journal. Also, intentionalizing my daily plan, writing down the things that I want to do and kind of making sure that <laughs> that I have the time to do the things that I want to do. And then my last one, my last non-negotiable is that I make sure I connect with my kids, each of my kids individually and with my husband. So for me, that means like really looking into their eyes, really seeing them, giving them a snuggle, reading them a book, just making sure that I have given them in their love language the acknowledgement that I see them and I love them. So that's my rule is I don't get out my phone. I don't open up social media until I have done my three non-negotiables, which is my personal connection with God, um, figuring out my daily plan, and then connecting with my, my family. So number two, my other rule is I turn off all my notifications. This is super annoying to my friends, but... For me, this means that I, when I am using an app, I'm intentionally checking it when I want to and when I have the time and emotional energy. It's not the one checking in on me. So for me, that helps so much to just have all my notifications turned off. My number three boundary is I get really clear about my intentions each time I use social media. So I ask myself, why am I going to look at it right now? Is this a good time? How long am I going to use it? This prevents me from numbing out and mindlessly scrolling, and it keeps me intentional and in the driver's seat. So if I can't actually come up with a good reason why I'm turning to social media, then I ask myself, okay, what else do I need instead? Right? So this is even, especially the times where I break this rule the most are when I'm like in line at the UPS store or um, waiting for pickup or something like that. Um, I, it's so easy to go to my social media, right? It's just, it's something to fill the time. Um, but, but usually that's when I get caught up in, in numbing out, right. And mindlessly scrolling. And that's when I start comparing or criticizing. And so it keeps me, it keeps me from being the one in control. So, um, like there, there are times when I do look at the phone when I am at the UPS store and it's because I'm like, okay, while I'm waiting in line, I need to figure out what we're having for dinner this week. <laughs> so I go and I save a bunch of dinner dinner options or dinner choices. But once again, it's, it's about being intentional and being clear about my intentions each time I choose to open the app. Um, that also helps when I say, I'm only going to use this for 15 minutes, right? Set a timer and in 15 minutes, I've turned it off. Or I'm only going to use this to check up on a particular friend. Like I'm, I want to find out how they're doing or how this test turned out for them or how they're feeling after this big thing. I'm, But my point is, is be really clear about intentions. And then the last one, my last boundary is to be authentic. And that's a big word. So I'm going to tell you a little bit what that looks like for me. But essentially, I decided, what kind of person do I want to be on social media? 
Um, do I want to be an observer or do I want to actually use it to connect? Because if I want to use it to connect, to connect, I need to be commenting and creating conversations, right? I also realize because I want to be authentic, I want to show up as I really am. I'm a human with strengths and weaknesses. I have good days and bad days. So for me, that means I don't use filters or use apps that can alter my face or my body of, of, I, in any way. And for me, it means I take one picture or video. And as long as I'm able to clearly get my point across, which is what matters most to me, I post it regardless of the angle of my double chin or whether the lighting's good or whether I actually look good. Um, for me, that has actually been so freeing because I think sometimes we don't like the way we show up on camera. And even that's something that I've had to learn to get used to how I sound and how I look um, because sometimes it doesn't always match the way that I feel or the way that I think I sound. Um, and that's actually a really interesting exercise, I think, to practice being at peace with that, being at peace with how you look and how you show up in that way. Um, and social media actually has helped me to do that, to be able to just post it whether I'm wearing makeup or not. Um, so that for me means that when I have thoughts or something that I want to share, I don't wait until I have my makeup on or my house is clean before I share it. And to be totally transparent, this is the biggest one I'm working on right now. So I, I do a good job of doing one take and posting it, but sometimes I won't do that take until I'm put together. And so I'm working on, but then sometimes by that time, I've forgotten what I wanted to say. So that's one thing that I'm working on is, is just posting in the moment when the thoughts come to me and when I'm really feeling it. So that's something that you can pay attention to. Um, if, if you, what kind of a person do you want to be on social media? Set the boundary. Be who you would hope that other people are being on social media. So if you feel frustrated that people are being fake, well, then I'm going to turn it back to you and say, are you posting real, unedited, unaltered, unfiltered pictures of yourself? Right? Are you taking, are you doing a hundred takes to get the picture right? So I think that's something we can honestly um, ask ourselves and, and take note of. I know that social media can be um, a polarizing subject, but I truly, truly believe that it doesn't have to be that way. It has the potential to be a really beautiful thing, but only if you are clear about the role that you want it to play in your life. So I hope that some of these suggestions today were helpful for you. And um, this week on social media, dun, 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 I'm actually going to be opening up some conversations about social media. So I would love to hear your questions and your thoughts and concerns um, so that we can address them and talk about them. Creating a community of women is something that I feel really passionately about. And um, it's something that I feel called to do. And that's actually very vulnerable for me to say that out loud because I have no idea how to do it, but I'm going to try. And so that's something that I have committed to this year. We've been um, on vacation for the month of January, which I recognize is a huge privilege to be able to take a one-month vacation um, but heaven knows we needed it. I think everybody does. And if I could have taken you all with me, I sincerely would have. <laughs> but 
But that was one thing that just kept coming up the entire time I was there was it is time. It's time to start this community. It's time to get women together and to create a space where we can have conversations about our bodies and we can and learn how to make peace and how to access our true potential, right? To figure out what it is we want to get out of life and what do we want to do and what do we want to contribute and to no longer, to come together and no longer let our bodies or our poor relationships with food hold us back. So I'm, I'm so excited to be committing more time and energy to that this year. And I just want to invite you to, if you know other women who could benefit from being in this community, please Please share the podcast, um, share our Instagram handle. Um, I'll be releasing a lot more information there as I figure out how we're going to make this work. I would love to see you there. I'd love for you to be part of that community. I hope you have an awesome, awesome week. Next week, um, in honor of Valentine's Day, we're going to be talking a little bit about making peace with our body and what that actually looks like in real life, right? What does loving ourselves actually mean? What does that look like as we um, stumble through a human existence, right? So anyway, I'm excited to go over that with you. And so we'll talk to you next week.